You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I think that might be the reality, what J. Will just said. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, were presented by Progressive Insurance. He is on the mend. 11-year veteran Bart Scott is in. It's great to have him. Essentially, fellas, LSU and Alabama, it's been the measuring stick for LSU for years and years and years. Can they catch up to Alabama? They finally did last year. Now the question is, how will the committee measure up Alabama if they can't play the entirety of their schedule? You heard the fellas say it doesn't really matter for LSU. They are off to such a miserable start. Their particular situation doesn't warrant any sort of makeup. But for Alabama, it might. LSU already has to play Florida in a game that was postponed on December 12th. And that leaves no room to play Alabama since the SEC allotted just one week for makeups. So LSU has Florida and Alabama still to play, both postponed, but only one week to play both games. Translation, maybe you play the Florida game, Bama game doesn't matter. Here's the deal. Bart has been talking about this for quite some time. If there was any year to expand the playoff in this year, push back the announcement of the games, push back the announcement of the semifinals and the national championship, why not do it? You have group of five teams that are in it. It's a year unlike any other. ESPN has a contract with the college football playoff through 2025. And at no point, at no point has the committee even thought about publicly going to anything more than four. However, our college football playoff insider Heather Dinich was with us just minutes ago and said in this unprecedented year of 2020, they actually thought about it. Well, I think the expansion of the playoff is inevitable at some point, but they weren't ready to make that move. Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott a month or so ago sat with his Power Five and, and FBS commissioners and Jack Swarbrick and asked them to consider it. And they did consider it for this season because of everything that's going on with the pandemic. There was support for it, but not enough support for it. They weren't ready to do it yet. So, you know, they're continuing to have conversations. Obviously, it makes sense for Larry Scott of, of all of the power five commissioners to lobby for it i think you see it at some point it's just really difficult to do right now bart before we get your point just want to clarify there part of the reason heather jenner said larry scott obviously would want something like this is because the pac-12 is the fifth of five power five Hmm. conferences they haven't had a team in the playoffs since 2016 washington so if the playoff field were to expand it would be a better opportunity for the pac-12 to finally be able to sneak in and get one of those spots which equates to more money which equates to conference always comes back down to that. So Heather said they considered it. They put the kibosh on it. But you say this is the perfect the spot. Perfect, it's the perfect time. We see that in all sports. We see the National Football League doing it. We see Major League Baseball doing it. Because how do you measure – how am I supposed to measure a three-win Indiana team against a team like Alabama who's played six or a team like Notre Dame who's played seven? You know, so it's an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about, win percentages? We're talking about some teams dealing with COVID, some teams not. So the best way to, to answer the question of who's the best is on the field. And I think you get some of that excitement that you get from March Madness. when listen, The Pinstripe Bowl, the Taco Bowl. Like, we got all these <laughs> got dumb bowls. bowls. They're meaningless. 
So let's take some of these bowls that are meaningless. And because we know it's all about money, we understand bowl season is big money, right? It's big money for, for, for networks. It's also, it used to be big money for the, for the teams because of, you know, the ability to have fans in the stands. You don't, we, we may or may not have that depending on what part of the country these bowls are in. But why not fill these bowls with top 10 uh, teams that you're going to have everybody playing in it? Because just think how many players opt out because they know they're going to the league. I think if they have a real opportunity to play in a championship game, I think you get more of these players that are NFL prospects to play in these games because it's still realistic that they can win a championship. So now you take the, the, the top five bowls, the Rose Bowl and all the other, you know, Orange Bowl, right? And you make those qualifiers to the national championship. You can take the two top teams, whether it's Alabama or whether it's Clemson, and you give them a bye and make everybody else have to work their way through. You talk about excitement. You talk about, you know, being able to get different regions of the country invested in watching the product on the field. The more teams you have in, the better the TV rating is going to be. The more cheese on everybody's taco. So why not expand it so that we can get this excitement drummed up about college football and we don't have to have the argument of this team, you know, you know got, got robbed. This team should be in a tournament. How, how is Clemson not in Could you imagine if Clemson loses one, another one, and then they're not in it? We know that they're one of the better teams, but one of the losses on their resume is they lost to Notre Dame with about Trevor Lawrence like come on man let's 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 expand this thing it's not that hard why they listen college football is always a day late and a dollar short catch up I agree with you on that <clears throat> that sounds very reasonable and I but I, this has been an unreasonable year so I don't think I, I think what you're what you're making mention of is is perfect if, if that's what their goal is to attain in a year from now if that's the goal but I think this year you've had so many moving parts and that's what's been difficult about trying to make that come to fruition is that you had all these different conference commissioners. You know, Kevin Warren decided that the Big Ten wasn't going to come out and right. play. You had the Pac-12 that filed suit. You had the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12 that kind of worked together. felt like they were their own individual conference at uh, one time or another. And everybody was moving in so many different ways. So when you have that level of communication going that drastically in different directions, it's hard to follow suit if, you don't, if you're not underneath one leadership. There's not one umbrella that everybody is being governed underneath. But there's so much money at stake for each conference, and they all look at it individually based upon their geographical region. Right. I don't even know if we ever get to that place. But that's what I'm saying. This is why this is the way that everybody gets their money. Because no matter what, whether it's BYU, whether it's uh, Miami, whether it's Indiana, they're all going to play in a bowl game, correct? So, yep. why not, so why not make that bowl game mean something? And you can, it, it's not a lot of moving parts because you still have the final four. Right. But those final four are, and those slots are filled with who wins these bowl games. So instead of playing one game, you play two. And who cares? I don't want to hear about, oh, well, it's too much on the body of these athletes. Wisconsin's played one game. Right. Like the Big Ten's going to play a shortened season. So it's not any more games on these players bodies. So it's not a, a greater risk of injury, but it's an opportunity to have it settled on the field. Everybody gets their money. The bowl games are going to have better players that's going to play in it because they're going to say, hey, guess what? I got a chance to win a national championship. I would opt out and start training for the, for the combine. But because I got opportunity as a championship and that's what I came to college for. Then guess what? I'm a playing it. Bart, you make a lot of sense. Let's clear up one thing I at a really time do that here. Too, no, you really do. I, everything you're saying makes total sense, and here's why. We'll just go through it real quick. One, 
in Division One AA, which is known as the FCS, Division Two, and Division Three, they've had a playoff for decades. So the idea that they mm. can't play a couple extra games is crazy because every other level of college football and collegiate athletics is already having a playoff. That's number one. Number two, you could play your qualifying games or quarterfinal games. You could play them at neutral sites. You're not going to have fans. You don't have to play them on a campus, and you don't have to affect the students that are there so we don't have a Notre Dame situation like Saturday night. Play a bit in empty Rose Bowl. No big deal. You just do it. And third, you can finally, if you expand the playoff, get a group of five team in. So if BYU gets in there and gets blown out, Cincinnati gets in there and gets blown out forever and a day. Fellas, you had your shot. You had your shot against the big boys, uh, and look what happened. But then again, if BYU or Cincinnati were to get in and win a game or two, yeah. suddenly it opens it up for all these other teams moving forward. That's just the one thing and that I think you said. you got the great Cinderella story, which you love, you. and that's the beauty of March Madness. That Cinderella team, then everybody can jump on that Rocky, that underdog guy, and it's going to bring the ratings up, man. I'm trying to put cheese on the taco of college football, but they don't feel me, and I'm going to need a consultant fee. That's like pico and salsa. That's better than cheese, man. You're throwing some really good stuff on mm-hmm. the taco there. It's a great stuff. But it's like old school. Every once in a while, I blank out and I have a, a, a moment Epiphany. of genius, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember. This is your walk-off moment. <laughs> what you should walk off exactly. right now. This is a Great moment for you. That's I re- it. I renounce my throne. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. you got to finish this show oh, and do another show, Bob. Oh, so you right. can't go oh, anywhere that's right. Oh, that's right. right now. Let, obligated. Let's go from A to Z and then ask you a really interesting question about Bill Belichick and his future. From Phoenix to Tampa and everywhere in between. From A to Z. This is right up Jay's alley. Big NBA news. The Suns and Thunder potentially closing in on a deal that would send CP3 from OKC to the desert. Yes, CP3 on the move yet again. Our Brian Windhorse broke the story with our Tim Bontemps. Here's Brian on exactly why they would make the move in Phoenix. They need a point guard, and they are a young team that need uh, a leader, and uh, Chris Paul fills that role perfectly. And, you know, Chris Paul here, this is a, a situation where he's very involved in where he can go in this trade, and I think he likes the idea that it's potentially close to home in L.A. where his family is. He likes the idea of playing with Devin Booker, and it fits for a lot of reasons. Jay? I know another team that needs a point guard. I know another team that needs a leader. I know another team that's facilities are very close to where CP3 has his family, and that's called the L.A. Clippers. Now, whether they can make it work trade value-wise is another question. Um, but look, uh, ultimately, there a lot of these things are going to be flowed out. CP3 would have to want to participate in this trade. I feel like he's warranted that with his career that he's had, and also I think Sam Presti has the kind of mentality where he's going to work with CP3. Um, look, Phoenix needs this to happen. They need something like this to happen because they need another big-time player to come to Phoenix to play with Devin Booker to keep him a Phoenix son. But can you flush this out for us, Jay Will? Because I know we have conversations sometimes on my show. Why would Chris Paul going back to the Clippers be okay with him now? Because when he left, he, he left for a reason. Well, Donald Sterling's no longer there. Ownership has changed. Steve Ballmer, different owner. And to be frank with you, I mean, now they have a different head coach. Ty Lue's going to be the coach. Uh, you know, there's a lot of rumblings around what happened between CP3 and Doc Rivers when he was playing with, you know, Blake Griffin and company, DeAndre Jordan. So if you look at that whole team, that whole crew is now gone. That that slate is wiped clean. And this could be a, the Clipper organization that maybe CP3 wish he had had at the, off, at the beginning. 
And, and, and that, that's what I'm talking about. I think if, if you're CP3, you want to put a cherry on the top of your career, why would you want to go to Phoenix and not have opportunity to win a championship? I think it'll cost him Patrick Beverly, probably even Lou, but you can send him down to OKC. And I think that the reason why Pressy wants to do right by CP3 is because he did right by them. He, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't a squeaky wheel. He didn't force a way out. He didn't put an Andre Iguodala and say, I'm not playing for you guys. He All he did was led that team, and he left that place better you know, than when he found it. Indeed, Presti, OKC General Manager Sam Presti. Let's talk about this. NFL, interesting move yesterday. They approved the potential expansion of the playoff. That's one thing. We'll wait to see if we get there. But they have put in stone new diversity measures. As you know, they are just trying to get this right to get more minority representation, particularly in the coaching ranks. Right now, three black coaches and one Hispanic coach in the league, four of 32. So the new idea is to give compensatory draft picks to teams that develop minority coaches. Normally, under the old plan, teams that hired minority coaches would be getting draft picks. This time around, if you find them, cultivate them, groom them, you will be given the opportunity to pick up some draft picks. Here's Adam Schefter with more on that. The owners approved a plan that any team that develops minority coaching candidates or a minority general manager candidate and has that candidate hired by another team will be awarded with back-to-back compensatory third-round draft picks. The reason I wanted to mention that, I essentially said what Adam did, but Adam mentioned two very important words there that I didn't, which is general manager. Everybody talks about this like it's a coaching thing because you recognize Mike Tomlin, who's black, but you might not recognize Chris Greer, who's black and is the GM of the Miami Dolphins, or Andrew Barry, who's African-American and the GM of the Cleveland Browns. So Adam adding a very important qualifier in there. And by the way, this goes for women at senior executive positions because NFL teams aren't just football players. They're businesses. So this is for women, minorities on the field or in the front office. Important distinction from Adam Schefter. I mean, Bart, you played yeah. in the league, mm-hmm. minority player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Well, well Ozzie Newsom was an African-American general manager. For Your me GM. As well. Yeah, absolutely. When I was with the Baltimore Ravens. Listen, no rule is perfect. But the last thing I know that a coach wants is to be hired just because of the color of their skin. They want to be, they want to be hired because of the merit and because of what they bring, the value that they bring. Now, this is a slippery slope, but I do like this better because what happens is this is a – a um, training program for for minorities as well. It's not just, you know, I used to hate when I used to hear the black coach for a while. It was Anthony Lynn. You had to get that black African-American interview out the way, and we knew that the team had no intentions on hiring that that player, that that coach, but they brought him in for it. But what I do like is the fact that our guys are going to get opportunities to be more coordinators and be able to be, you know, because it almost seems like most of the coordinators in the, in the league, too, is kind of stereotypical. They're all the, the defensive you know, positions and coordinators are African-American, kind of plays to that stereotype that African-Americans, tough, violent, but you know, the nuance of you know, intricacies and in, uh, you know, the football acumen on the, on, the, on the offensive side is different. So that plays to a stereotype there, as well. There's, there's a couple, though. Eric Bieniemy, yeah, talk about Byron Leftwich. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a couple, right? But, you know, but we think that Bruce Aaron is also the, 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 the offensive coordinator there. I like this because – you know, but it, it gets a slippery slope, and here's where it gets slippery. What about guys that are retreads? What about a guy like Ty Bowles, who are sitting down there? Did they really did did the Tampa develop him, or was he already developed and was he already a head coach? So with Tampa, he becomes a head coach, which he's in the running to be a head coach because he's doing an outstanding job. Then in turn, does Tampa get uh, compensation? Is this grassroots growing somebody from a grad assistant, growing them into a quarterbacks coach, growing them into a special team coach, and then eventually a coordinator before you're able to get that type of compensation? 
And the op- uh, the op- obvious observation there, for those that don't know, Todd Bowles is a defensive coordinator of the Bucks. He's African-American. He's already been an NFL head coach. Right. So he's a guy that could get a second bite Leslie at the apple. Leslie Frazier. There's a lot Keyshawn of them out there. Say. Leslie Frazier, former African-American coach of the Minnesota Vikings. The last thing I would say on that, it's all about the pipeline. Essentially, every head coach, there's some exceptions. John Harbaugh was a special teams coach. I get all that. But essentially, every single head coach that was hired is once an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. So if you can't get into the coordinator pipeline, right. you're not going to be able to move up the pipeline and get a head coaching job. So it's very important. It's not just at the head coaching level. It's at the level below because that's where everything is cultivated right. in the National Football League. Bill Belichick was once a defensive coordinator many moons ago for the New York Giants. Bart says he has a great affinity for the organization, which is pretty clear. He certainly doesn't have a lot of affinity for the other team in New York. Bill Belichick on his weekly radio spot in our Boston affiliate WEEI on his one day tenure. Yes, one day tenure of the New York Jets being the worst and maybe best thing that happened to him. One of the not only most defining, but one of the great moments of my career. And that combined with Robert giving me the opportunity to come here. I mean, that's, I couldn't have asked for anything more. So it's just, that wasn't a good situation for me and I didn't want to be part of it. So I wasn't, but the other half of that was Robert giving me the opportunity to come here and trading. I mean, he gave up, you know, quite a bit to, to get me to come here. That was a big trade. And so I'm very thankful that it worked out. Yes, you got to be old enough to remember that Bill Belichick was traded from the New York Jets to the New England Patriots. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin with Bart in the House today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today when the Jets and Pats met on Monday Night Football. It was something that was revisited. Obviously, anytime Belichick, the Pats, and the Jets get together, that particular incident will be. And then Bill addressed it on the radio. And then Bart addressed the possibility that the end could be coming much sooner for Belichick in New England than we think. We're asking you this morning on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-ESPN, Key J and Z, if that's easier, on your phone, on Twitter. How many more years does Bill Belichick coach? Simple. He's 68, first rough patch in basically forever. How many more years does he coach? And Bart, the reason we're asking this question is because you think that number could be, could be, very small. I'm saying zero. I, I think I think it's a realistic oh. chance. Yeah, I think it's a realistic <laughs> chance that you know he may walk away. As, at what point do you step aside and you you you, you give your assistants an opportunity to be a head coach? Now we know that Josh McDaniels turned down a good job in, in Indianapolis coach job two years ago because Bill Belichick said that he was going to give him his world. Well, guess what? You haven't given me your world yet, and I'm still waiting for an opportunity to be a head coach. I've been a head coach before. When are you going to step aside? Bill's 68 years old. Why would he want to stay around for a rebuild? Why wouldn't he let somebody that's young, that has the energy, to be able to try and have the patience to have a rebuild? We all talk about you know, older coaches coming in. Nobody wants to sit around for a rebuild, right? So, like, this is a perfect opportunity for him to give Josh McDaniels, gift him you know, his dream job but also go and have his dream job, but still be involved in the game, much like, like his, um, his mentor and, and Bill Parcells did. He stopped coaching. What did he do? I, he started being a general manager. He started building teams because the stress levels aren't the same. He's 68 years old. At some point, you got to start enjoying your life. And everybody can't be Pete Curl. Pete Carroll burns probably 1,000 calories chewing gum a day. This guy's in shape. You know what I mean? Bill Belichick, and I know he has a Subway commercial. Go ahead. I, I, I agree with you. At some point, he will step away. I just think – if he decides to step away this year, the optics will not be in his favor, right? And I, I, I disagree with Ryan Clark because he came on our show our last hour and says if, if Bill Belichick were to stop coaching, then I would see him as a quitter. I wouldn't see him as a quitter. I would see him as a guy who is a Super Bowl champion multiple times. He's a winner. 
But I think it's also the way you leave, right? It's how you win games matters. Mm-hmm. How you leave matters. So if, you, if you're talking about setting up Josh McDaniels for success, if there really is that affinity between those two for about what the next – don't you want to make sure that everything is in the right place, that you're going, your organization is going on the right track in order to do that? You don't want to leave somebody a house that is burning down. You want to make sure that the foundation is correct. Now, maybe that takes one more year. Yeah, it's on fire. But, but it's been one bad – he's had one bad yeah, year. Yeah. One bad year. Yeah. So I don't see him leaving this year as maybe – the following well, year, once things start to become somewhat decent again, getting Josh back on track to be where he yeah. wants to be. Well, I know we have good researchers, but I believe Bill contract is coming to an end as well. So it could be the perfect time. And I don't think the house is on fire like we believe. It's, 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 uh, it's rain trucks or what do you call it, rain planes coming to put the fire out. Because the, the problem is they don't have the equity and the money to pay players, but they're going to be in great financial salary cap shape next year. Yeah, they'll be so, one of so, the highest, right, so the top so, four in the league. Right, so they're going to be able to rebuild it, but why would you want to rebuild it when you're not going to stay for the long haul? This is the time for Josh McDaniels to be able to build it the way that he wants to build it, to have his type of legacy that he wants. So you don't want to be there and be the helicopter dad, say, okay, pick this player, pick that player, pick this player. You're going to say, listen, this is your second time around. I told you come here. You struggled you know, as a first-time head coach. As a young head coach, you've learned a lot. Uh, Here's money for you, and now uh, you can pick your general manager. You can pick your starting quarterback, and guess what? You can go get a guy like Lewis Riddick who, who knows what's going on, and you can pair with him, and you can have all this money you need to build it your way. That sounds so great, but you're discounting one major thing. What's that? It's called ego. <laughs> ego. For so, a guy like Bill Belichick, who's won as many Super Bowls, he has, he has a massive ego. I, I do not think anybody's ego. Bart, yes. He's a you, narcissist. I know. I, 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 everybody has to be in order to, to achieve that type of success. You can't tell me somebody that has put his blood, sweat, and tears into something will be able to walk. Don't you love that? those cachet lines? His blood, sweat, and tears into yeah, it. Yeah. After a season like this where he's been answering so many crazy questions, and if it continues to pan out badly, we'll just be willing to say, huh. That's it. I'm gonna pass it to Josh. There's, I don't see that being realistic. This he year. can be the hero for New York. It's not like he's going to Golden State. He's going to another bad situation. He's going to build it, and he's going to leave the team that he loved the most before he went to the Patriots. He's going to leave them in a great position with one of his proteges and Joe Judge, so he gets to go there and teach him how to be successful as well. So it's like he's still going to get a different challenge, but it's still an equally hard challenge because the Giants have had the worst record in football for the last five years. So Case Josh, goals, Mike so Josh McDaniels gets. <laughs> Josh McDaniels gets released from Bill Belichick, and then you're going to bring Bill Belichick to a guy named Joe Judge who tried to get away from Bill Belichick in the first place. But he's going to be the general manager. Okay. He's going to have a synergy. If I had, if this mic would tip over, I would drop. Tip the mic. I would drop. (laughs) Sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. (laughs) That boy good. That boy good. That's a lot of hypotheticals there for sure, but we'll see. It could be a very juicy story. (laughs) On the way, the NBA's dealt with COVID. The NFL's dealt with COVID. MLB has dealt with COVID. College football's dealt with COVID. Two weeks from the start of their season, what is college basketball's plan? The answer on the way. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Duke will not have fans at Cameron Indoor Stadium. That hurts. Cameron Indoor Stadium is the Camelot of college basketball. It really is. It's 9,314 people to be exact. But when you're inside this, it just sounds echo. You can't hear yourself think. I mean, who would know the exact number than a guy who was one of the most successful guys to ever walk onto Coach K Court? Our guy, Jay Will. Jay was obviously a national champion, but you know the last three ACC players of the year have all been Duke players. Marvin Bagley III, mm-hmm. of course Zion. Tell me more. And Trey Jones. Okay. And we are now joined by a guy that had that distinction in 2010 and 2011, and Jay before I give you the assist to pass it off to Nolan Smith, the Duke legend himself. I just want to quickly mention for hoop heads, last night should have been the Champions Classic. Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Kansas should have played last night. With that backdrop, let's welcome in the Duke Basketball Director of Operations, the 2011 ACC Player of the Year. Jay, take it away. Nolan, you and I have talked so much throughout these times. you know, first off, how is what's been the messaging like from Coach K and your staff as you guys are dealing with the players and you know talking about the uncertainty of all these, you know, this COVID situation that we're dealing with? Yep, yep. No, nah, first of all, thank y'all for having me on this morning. I appreciate y'all having me. Um, yeah, it's been obviously crazy times indeed. And the main thing we've been telling our guys is, first of all, let's just stay safe. And our university has done an amazing job of keeping our players safe. Uh, from Dr. Kevin White, keeping our all student athletes safe, and just re 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 reaffirming to our guys like, look, if we if we do what we have to do, we wear our mask. We're doing all the proper things that we're gonna have a season. And as we all know, as sports sports fans and sports lovers, it's it's been weird. It's been weird, and our guys know that. But every single day, they're doing what they have to do. They're they're coming to work every single day, and they're bringing their own energy. And that's kind of what we're looking forward to with this season. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Nola Smith is joining us on a Shell Pinzo performance line. Nolan, what kind of plans are in place if there is an outbreak on campus? How would you guys handle it? Yeah, I mean, campus campus has been very strict from the beginning. Um, obviously, on our campus, it's been very positive with the 0.1% um, rate of, of cases. And, you know, so they, I, if anything was to happen, we we're preparing for them to obviously – do what's best for the student athlete and for the students. Um, whatever that means, we're not sure yet. Um, we just hope that our cases stay low here and that we're able to have a season for our players. Sometimes it's best to go last, and we've seen Major League Baseball, the NFL, you know, um, the NHL finish their season. What have you guys learned from some of the knowledge that they've gathered about contact tracing, being able to have sterile environments and be able to have the – um, the chips that players you know are able to walk around with, so that if they come in contact with somebody with COVID, you guys can isolate those guys, find them, and be able to to, to move on. Yep, yep. So one thing that we feel like we're very confident about is our daily testing. We're we're testing every single day, so with that, we're able to we're able to have a, a daily, you know, answer for what's going on. So they they're saying for us that should eliminate the 
contact tracing and who's out for a certain amount of days because of that. So, you know, we're very proud of that, that we are able to daily test our guys and get a daily answer for them. And it helps with their, their mind and knowing that they do not have it every single day. Although the test, the testing is, 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 uh, it can be annoying to the players. I know, but they're, they're doing it. They come in every single day on time to get tested. But that right there is something that we're, we're, we are proud of to say that, you know, with daily testing and work with some of the best people in the medicine world, they're keeping our guys safe. Now, me and Jay Will got Chester older than most of the, the players that's going to be playing, you know, in this division, meaning that they have a bunch of energy. You know, how are you guys going to present the product to the fans so that we can try and replicate that energy? We saw in the bubble that they had some innovative things where they had the video screens. Is there any plans in place to try to make the product more aesthetically appealing to the viewers at home? Absolutely. We have some amazing people here working working on some virtual digital boards that are going to be put in the Cameron Crazy section that to the viewers, it's going to, it, it should get some type of Cameron indoor feel. Um, and we're, we're, we're excited to will, will that out here soon to our players so they can start getting used to it and getting a feel for the new COVID Cameron Indoor Stadium, <laughs> which it, it, it won't be like when Jay Will was cutting down the lane, dunking on people. It won't be, it won't be like that. Y'all touched on that. It's going to be completely different. But, you know, we have, we have, we have a terrific team here that's going to make it as best as we can for our guys. And for the opposing teams, it's, it's going to be different, you know, to, to come in the camera and not have somebody standing on top of you, you know, waving their hand at you, it's going to be a different experience for everybody. Well, I was going to say, take me into that a little bit, Noel, because we talked about here, we talked about that here on the show. You know, these guys not getting a chance to feel the fans on top of them as as much as we try to replicate things virtually, it's not the same. Describe, yep. you know, how much will that lessen the advantage that Duke typically has when we play home games? Yeah, no, I definitely think it's going to lessen the advantage. You know, so the main thing that we're stressing during this time is who who are we going to be when that ball goes up? You know, at the end of the day, people are going to still come into Cameron Indoor Stadium and know that they're, you know, amongst a lot of history. They're going to still see the banners. They're still going to there's still going to be some jitters, but with no fans, that obviously takes away a huge part of of the home court advantage for us away. We we definitely understand that, but the energy and the fight that our guys can bring. You know, that's going to start with the locker room talk, the defensive room talk, the energy on the court, the music, the atmosphere that we can create for ourselves. It's going to be it's going to be huge. And our players know that they're prepared for that because they're prepared for a season. At the end of the day, when you get between them lines, you got to bring it. Nolan, uh, Coach K, 73 years old. You have guys like Roy Williams, head coach of North Carolina, 70 years old. Jim Beheim, you know, up there as well. Now, how judicious do these guys need to be? We saw a case. Tom Izzo has COVID the other day, and he's been trying to be as judicious as possible. Now, what are the safety precautions that you guys have taken for these coaches? Coaches staying away as much as possible. You know, he's he's done a great job since since day one. Um, at first, he started out being off the court and just watching from a distance. You know, minimal contact, and he's still he's still there where. You know, very minimal contact, but when he needs to talk to our guys and, and and give them some points of offense, defense, he comes out there and he does that. But he knows more than anything that he has to take care of himself and be safe during this time. We don't we don't want anything happening to him. You know, we don't want any we don't want him getting COVID by no means. So, you know, for all of us as staff and everybody around here, 
doing as best we can to keep him safe, we're doing that. And, you know, he keeps his mask on. He keeps his distance from, from the guys. So that's, we're going to keep reiterating that to him. And, he, you know, he's following that. And, and that, as you know, Jay, as you know, Jay, that's, that's tough for him. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. It only seems appropriate that's the case because you can't have court, uh, Coach K court without Coach K. So he's got to be out there when the season does begin for Duke here in about a couple weeks. Nolan, thank you very much. Congratulations on the start of your own coaching career. Appreciate you being with us. All right, my guy. Appreciate Appreciate y'all. Much love. Nolan Smith, the 2011 ACC Player of the Year on the Shell Pennzoil Performance that. Line. Yeah. Love him. We'll fill in the blank. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A loss for words? Not here. Fill in the blank. Indeed. Fill in the blank is on the way in seconds. A reminder, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin with Bart Scott in the house brought to you by Goodyear. Whether you're on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected. Every upset, touchdown, fourth quarter comeback. Let it move you no matter what the season throws you away. Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear more driven. This is going to be an NFL exclusive version of fill in the blank. We know how much Jay loves the NFL and obviously Bart played in the league for 11 years. And speaking of 11, you can hear Bart and Alan Hahn. so old. On our New York station, uh, 98.7. Well, it's seven. not <laughs> trending in the young direction. We're all getting older, though. Is anybody L- going the other way? I'm younger than Jigger. It's all good. You're, you're younger than Keyshawn. Like, Keyshawn hates when we yeah. mention his age. Oh, yeah, yeah. Keyshawn's, Keyshawn's almost 50. Sorry, yeah, Keyshawn, Keyshawn, yeah, Keyshawn's old enough to be my, kids to be are my like, daddy. He's like, out of poppy. Kids are like, did he mean little pimp? Oh, I mean little pump. Come on up Little pump, little pump. I like that, man. I'm going to concede and now go to this are you? I'm an 80s baby. First of all, never mind. All right, here we go. Quote, fill in the blank. Mm, This is easy. Why is this even a question? Fill in the blank is the best rookie quarterback in the NFL. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Herbert's making a hell of a case. He man, is, though. He's, he's coming. He's but... top three. They just can't finish. I don't think either one of these teams know how to finish yet. And that's part of the process. You got to learn how well, to lose before you learn how to win. But Herbert's thrown in some tough environments. I mean, he took Drew Brees to the wire, he took Patty Mahomes to the wire. You know what I'm saying? So his degree of difficulty, I think, with his offensive line, well, they both have horrible teams. But they. Uh, <laughs> would, uh, you, would you rather lose the way Joe Burrow is losing, or would you rather lose the way Justin Herbert is losing? Like Burrow's losing. I mean, this, Me is, too. this is gut wrenching. I, I call, I call the, the Chargers the uh, Atlanta Falcons of the West. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's a valid point. 
I mean, every single Sunday, you know what you're going to get with the Chargers. Sorry, Zubin. Yeah, let me throw in one quick qualifier. Let's say we do this in three or four weeks. In no. any way, shape, or form, no. could you put Tua in that conversation? Eh, I don't uh, know. I, right now, so I have to see it. First of all, I got to see if he can hold up, man. Listen, when you can't stay healthy in college, I don't know how, how that translates to being healthy. And, and, and see yeah. that right here? See this right here? Eat, eat. R two L two slide. Yeah, the book of work that Joe Burrow has thus far, though, I, I think that'll speak volumes when the season's all said and done. But Joe, but unfair, un, unfair, unfair, because Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Come on, Burrow, we have a lot more. I'm sorry, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, 28 years old. <laughs> Here we go. Fill in the blank is the best team in the NFL right now. <laughs> Kansas City. Another Kansas easy. City's the best team. Another easy one. Kansas City is flawed. I, I'm still going to Every go. Every team is flawed, Bart. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know, man. It's you, tough. I may are go you about with, to say the Saints? No, I might go with the Steelers right now. I'm not a, no, I'm not a prisoner of the moment. I still like the Steelers. I think they're the most complete team. That defense is a problem in Kansas City, and it's going to come back to haunt them in the playoffs. Right. We'll go all football with one NBA topic at the end. Hang tight if you're a hoop head. This is really juicy. That's on the way, but first let's run through all the NFL topics. Sam Darnold's time with the Jets has been... Fill in the blank, and remember, we are on live radio. Expired. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Expired. Thank you I mean, for look, going. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the PG version <laughs> of this movie. I just feel like the, the kiss of death, and we talked about this, yeah. and I got into an argument with Key about this on, on live radio, where I was saying, look, whenever I hear Joe Douglas say, well, he's our quarterback of the future, I'm like, until he's not. Until right. he's not. Until he is not. It's great that you sit up here and you say these things. You tell yeah. me that you know, Adam Gase is part of the solution, not part of the problem. Okay, great. Back yeah. your guys until you can't back your guys any longer. Yeah, it's, it's been frustrating for me. I would say frustrating because, you know, he teases us with these moments. I think coming in as a rookie when he was able to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers and then when he had when he went against the Houston Texans, who was a team ahead of him in the process, and he showed that pocket presence and his ability to make these off-schedule plays. But then he plays spinning the bottle to next year and gets and gets mono playing the kissing game. I don't know what the hell he was doing. And then now we can't now that's an incomplete season. And then this year he's been injured in and out of the lineup, not had his old receiving core. So I, it's just been incomplete. He just went and spin the bottle. I, I haven't heard that reference in a long time. Man, who gets mono, man? That's like a college thing, bro. It's more like a high school thing. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, yeah. He, had been spinning the, he was in Morristown playing spin the bottle at the local bars. You're, a lot of college You ever had to spin there. the bottle where it lands? You're like, uh, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, I fall asleep. <laughs> nope, nope, not doing it. Spin it again. Fifth. <laughs> An awkward phase in all of our lives if you played that game. Actually, awkward talking about it this morning. The fill-in-the-blank is the best division in football Ooh, I was. Wait, have you ever played Spin the Bottle? Uh, yeah. yeah, it was about a few decades ago. Ooh, though. Okay, Zubin. <laughs> yeah, I played Spin the okay. Bottle some weeks ago. I still do the Spin the <laughs> Go Bottle. Ahead, I'm we got to keep it PG, Here as you go. said, your own words. Keep Best it PG. Best like Mickey's around. Here I would go. say that the FC North is is a tough one. Uh, the, the NFC West, but I, I think when you the qualifiers that uh, Baltimore and the in the uh, Ravens are the cream of the division and, and still in the top 10 as far as the overall NFL rankings. And I think Cleveland may be a wild card team. I'm going with the NFC East. Oh, you mean oh, <laughs> not the worst. You mean the best. Okay, sorry. Uh, I, w- I would have to go with the AFC North just because of the Ravens, Steelers. You know, I, a part of me wants to even rock a little bit with the NFC South. I mean, I know the Falcons are a huge drop-off. Carolina fights. Just, I mean, with the way the Saints are playing, yeah. I, I will be a little bit prisoner at the moment. Just watching them do that to what they did to the Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers, that, that defense that the Bucs have is serious, even though 
it just felt like Drew Brees diced them up. It's, that's a different Saints team. They got something on the Bucks because it's they like do. they know something about the way they go about business and they make it always difficult for them. That's just a bad matchup. You know, sometimes we used to have something on the Steelers where we knew that Ben, when he was going to pass, he, he put his foot a certain way and we always kind of knew the answer to certain tests mm. and he gave us an advantage. They know something about the Bucks and how Bruce Aaron either is a protections or something that he does that they're taking advantage of. You're still rocking with the NFC West though because I feel like watching Seattle's defense, worst defense series. Yeah, it's league. horrible. But horrible. I mean, San Fran is San Fran so, this year. So will we say that the uh, Seattle Seahawks are the Houston Rockets of football? Ooh, I, you're so Ooh. good with these analogies. Ooh. I stayed so at Holiday Inn. Like James stayed, Harden out there yeah. doing different things. I stayed at Holiday Inn Express, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a little smarter. So the, I guess I like DK Metcalf more like Russell Westbrook, you yeah. know, physical they, freaks. They put all these points up, but then they can't stop no damn body. So they yeah. got to they, they gotta outshoot everybody. They yeah, Gordon Tyler Lockett. I see where yeah. you're going. I like that juice. You're rubbing it. off on me, man. That Duke education. <laughs> we got a uh, NBA question on mm. the way here in a second, and that involves a Western Conference team and a guy that used to play for the Houston Rockets. Hang tight for that. You mentioned the NFC East. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank will win the NFC East. The Giants, oh. spoken like a true homer that I am, because we're going to beat the Eagles this upcoming weekend. We're going to put Carson Wentz in his place, and the Giants are playing really good football. Uh, granted, it's going to take them to win a lot of games, but how many games do you really realistically need to win to win the NFC East? Seven. Let me Maybe. Tell you, let me tell you something. Washington. Alex Smith will become the comeback player of the year because Shit he's going to leave. So he's going to leave Washington. Remember when he got hurt, he had Washington at the top of the division. He got into the game. He moved the offense, but he was a little rusty, a little, little careless with the ball. But they have a great defense, you know, defensive line, and he can make those players better. All they need is a game manager. He becomes the best quarterback in the division. Let me tell you, last, last Sunday, every snap, I put my, my hands together and just prayed, saying, O-line, please Protect him. Yes. Every snap, Zubin. As your first on draft picks on the bench. Indeed. And then Kyle Allen got hurt. Last one. Here's the NBA one. Fill in the blank. Mm. Chris Paul will play for fill in the blank next season. There's some rumors Phoenix right, could be a destination. Clippers, Clippers. I, I really want to see the Clippers. Know why? The banana boat scenario. Like mm. him and LeBron are really good friends. And I respect that. I mean, they are brothers. But there's nothing better we see than when brothers fight. Reminds me of Magic and Isaiah. Nothing better. And seeing those, like the way CP3 knows LeBron, to see how he will play those Jedi mind tricks with LeBron, considering they're both in L.A., love that. Him and Rondo. Ooh, smoke it. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.